Hi guys, I'm Sahil. I'm Crockett. And today we're filming another episode of Uninvested. We have a new little setup. We got camera one and camera two. Crockett, why don't you tell them what we're filming today? Uh, today's an exciting episode. Today we are talking about uh, man, myth, legend, god, Adam Newman. Uh, if you haven't heard about him, you're probably living under a rock. Fraud, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, uh, we're talking about kind of the rise and fall of WeWork briefly, but most importantly, Adam Newman, uh, famed and some would say fa failed CEO, has just had a massive recent $350 million investment uh, backed by his same former uh, lead investor, Anderson Horowitz, for his new company, which people are widely speculating about. Yeah, so this new company, Flow, we'd love to get into, but before I want to give a little background on Adam Newman and really the rise of WeWork. Yeah, so Adam Newman, uh, born and raised in Israel. I think he was actually, I was in Israel last summer, and I think he was actually uh, born and raised right where I was staying, right right near around. Anyways, besides the point, cool. uh, goes to college in Israel, and I think it's like four credits before he's going to graduate, drops out of college, uh, starts getting into real, which by the way is like a That's ballsy. I don't ballsy know. move. We're about four credits away. I don't think I'm ready to drop out for any amount of Hey, years. I mean, if the podcast takes off, you never know. Yeah, uh, maybe. But he, he drops out. Uh, starts becoming entrepreneurial, has a couple early ventures, gets into real estate, actually starts to date and later marries his now wife, Rebecca Newman, who also happens to be cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow. Interesting uh, fact. And, and what does she do as, as a wedding gift? So as a wedding gift, they got a million dollars from her father. And what does she do? Like a good wife, she gave that million dollars right into WeWork. Oh my God. So we all know Adam Newman's known for his charisma. That's really how he got all these deals done, how he's able to grow WeWork so fast. But really that big, first big step of a million dollars, you know, here Donald Trump got a small loan of a million dollars. <laughs> Any amount of money can take you really far, but he was really able to grow it a lot further than that. Um, why don't you talk about any of the other deals he made? So, so okay, well, let's do some background to WeWork, right? Yeah, so, yeah, sure. So he starts, he founds WeWork. Uh, WeWork is backed by a variety of investors, uh, notably SoftBank, which is one of the largest funds, if, I think, if not the largest yeah, fund. Yeah, Japanese billion. They yeah. had like 18 billion involved in this deal. They've backed some insane companies, uh, Monday.com, uh, you know, but like 20 other unicorns yeah, at this exactly. point, which is ridiculous. Oh, and a unicorn, you know, for, for those that don't know what a unicorn is, it's any company that's valued at a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but he starts WeWork and essentially what WeWork is, and again, if you don't know about WeWork at this point, like where have you been? Uh, <laughs> it is a co-locating workspace. They had, I think, 120 locations across like 45 or 47 countries. Yeah, um, you could run out based on either like an enterprise level subscription model or, you know, like other lower level subscription models, working spaces for you and your team. You could just go casually work there. Um, that's how they started off and that was their core business. But as recent Netflix documentary, uh, we crashed kind of explains the business failed massively. And it was a combination of a lot of different things, really shitty management, yeah. uh, poor financial decisions. Essentially, the company ends up going from an initial $47 billion valuation to a $5 billion valuation. But on that note, maybe you should explain what a valuation is. Well, first, I really want to back up and some of you might be thinking, why would I want to co-locate to, co to an office in this post-COVID environment? It makes no sense, right? I know my bosses, everyone, if they could stay home, work from home days, everyone's doing it. That's the rage. So many companies making it more accessible and easier. But Back then, if you think about it, it wasn't really a concept. Zoom wasn't as popular. You couldn't really conduct these meetings at home. But if they really started in New York City, think about having like a thousand, like a very small apartment, having no workspace. You really just want to get out, but you have no chance for this. 
And WeWork really gave people the chance to go meet people, like-minded individuals that want to work hard away from home. It's like a student going to a library. We're all mm-hmm. more productive away from home. Mm-hmm. So back then, it made a lot of sense. It was really transforming the way people thought about working in general, whether it be a small startup, you know, different um, small corporations. Not even though large corporations still use WeWork, you know, when they're in the in-between time, they haven't got their official office yet. Mm-hmm. And, and it still exists, by the way. So WeWork still yeah. has... You could go find WeWorks right where you're living, I'm sure of it. Yeah, they, it's, I mean, it's literally to back up another second, WeWork failed in um, late 2019. But as far as, as far back as last summer, when I mentioned before I was in Israel, I worked out of a WeWork for half the summer. Oh, in, out of a WeWork? In, in Israel. So it still exists. Well, I would ask, how was it? I've heard like some horrible things about WeWorks. I know people say like, the AC's not working, heating's not working, you know. Like I had, I had no complaints. There was free really? coffee on tap. It was like, it was like, it was super nice. But you can't help but sit in one of those and be like, damn, there's a dark history behind this place. <laughs> a, very, a lot of people lost a lot of a money. Lot. But, but on that note, right, so the world's a very different place now. Not as many people um, like to go into work in person, people for working from home. But at that time, it was hyped up. And like I said, they had a $47 billion valuation. What does that mean? So there's a lot of terms for valuation in the startup world. Um, if you watch our first episode, we really talked about a revenue multiple. So what a revenue multiple is, a company has a certain amount of revenue, we'll say 100 million, and we'll see, look at the market past deals. It might be a 4X multiple on this um, market in general. So we would take that revenue, multiply it by 4X, and there we got the valuation for it. Mm. However, there are, there are many other ways to get valuation, but this is one of the more popular ones, I think, with like early stage startups, especially when they don't have a lot of numbers, mm. which we were grew very fast and have you know, some sketchy numbers, we'll say. Yeah, I, I think like, look, if any of you guys have seen like Shark Tank, for example, they use the most like basic form of, of evaluation, which is you essentially take your asking price and you divide that by the fraction that these new investors would own to the company, right? So like, let's say Saho, I'm asking for $100 from you for a 10% stake in my company. You take 100 and you divide it by one tenth exactly. and my company's $10. valued at, or my company's valued at $1,000 oh, yeah, yeah, at that sorry, point, sorry, right? Um, but that's like super basic and like Sahil's saying, so many people saw so much potential in WeWork. It ended up having, people assumed, $47 billion um, of net worth. And at the time of its crash, that sunk to $5 billion, exactly. which is insane. That, that, that's essentially this company losing all of its value. And so the reaction was this super dramatized uh, Netflix documentary. Yeah, th- yeah We Crashed. We right? Crashed, um, which, which, by the way, we should note, um, it's... It's, I don't think they're technically allowed to call themselves a documentary, but it's it's based on like a lot of yes. true shit that they did. Um, like at one point, uh, Adam Newman uh, sold, but he, he trademarked the word we uh, for $8 million and then tried <laughs> to sell it back in an attempt to yeah. save the company. He sold WeWork's private jet for like, uh, I think it was like $65 million back. A bunch of crazy shit that he tried to do the same. The biggest thing is people like to compare him to Elizabeth Holmes, but he has not gotten charged anything. He really came out of this not delusional. Like all the investors really lost money, but Adam himself didn't lose an astronomical amount of wealth, hmm. nor is he in jail, which a lot of people thought he should be because they claim he, you know, scammed investors, made promises that he never fulfilled. Like you're gonna be a millionaire, you're gonna be a millionaire, and they're all now broke because right. they invested into WeWork, which ultimately is considered a failure. Right. And you're right, dude, he came out still pretty good. There are reports that say he still has $1.1 billion worth of his own private yeah, real estate investments. Exactly. So the dude's not hurting right he's now. He's not hurting at all. And this is kind of how he's able to fund these next ventures, which I really want to talk about. The first is called Flow Carbon. We're going to get into Flow, which is the big one. Everyone's talking about it. got $350 million from A16Z. Mm-hmm. 
Well, people don't what's, know about... What's A16Z? So, A16Z is a very um, prominent venture capital firm, Anderson Horowitz. Um, so, they're very popular in the business. And they've actually backed uh, Adam Newman before this $350 million, which people found so skeptical. And Flow Carbon, mm. they gave about $32 million, I think. You could check me on that number. Mm. And no one's really talking about that. Uh, we I know we looked at the website before this. Adam Newman's not even on the About page. He's really trying to hide Hi. himself. This dude's not... He co-founded... His next like salvation startup, and he's not he's not on their about page. That's that's absurd. Exactly. Like, well, I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, it's his first company. Like any normal person, you're gonna hide your reputation. Like his reputation is so negative. I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter when you saw that A16Z agreed to the 350 million dollars. Everyone was like, wow, wow. Imagine if they found out this even earlier, even sooner to the collapse of WeWork, mm. that he was getting millions of dollars. You know. This comes into, you know, the white privilege, white male is just getting funding in the mm. industry, you know. And there's so many other startups, which mm. is, you know, it might be a factor. Definitely could, definitely is a factor. Mm. Mm. But it's very interesting that he's hiding himself, his reputation. He's very smart in that stuff. I won't lie. Adam Newman is a smart guy. He knows how to scale businesses. And he knows how he comes off to people. Mm. You know, when you're when you're charismatic, people, you know, understand, you're very self-aware how people view you. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I think that's an interesting point about, like, just how someone's charisma can take them so far and, and like, undercut that in- insane privilege he has that you were just talking about. Exactly. And you also mentioned it just before, talking about, like, Elizabeth Holmes, right? This is, yeah. like, a female founder, which, which by the way, female founders are, like, extremely rare, and there are firms out there dedicated just to backing yeah. female fa- founders. Yeah, Williams, she has a fund that's, like, just for women founders, Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, right. that's, that's my that's... point exactly. And... She, you know, at the end of the day, like she, Elizabeth Holmes, um, Theranos was a unicorn startup and she defrauded. Invest- well, let's say what Theranos is. Another background point. Theranos was this company where she promised that these blood tests essentially would, you know, tell you a lot of information, but it ended up being a fake product. Didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. She, however, is going to jail. She's having another child come up. Maybe we'll make an episode on it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Hulu has a docuseries on it. So mm-hmm. if you want to know more, check that out. And uh, at the same time though, right? So she... She did, look, her and Adam Newman, very different people. Like, Adam Newman had a product. He was selling to people. It wasn't something like Theranos where you had to do a bunch of scientific research yes. and R&D to prove like, that it worked. People were using WeWork. People were using it, and for all intents and purposes, like, it, it worked, right? Yeah. Elizabeth Holmes, like, she directly defrauded people. And so there's a difference there. At the same time, they've had equal amounts of media coverage, and this woman's going to jail, and he has yes. since had almost $400 million exactly. in additional funding for what he's doing. Which is insane. Like, why is that? Like, is there a big difference? You well, know? I think one of the things, and I'd like to go back to the point that, that you were just talking about, is this idea of him being charismatic and yeah. kind of how that factors into you being um, a CEO or a manager. Yeah, he's a salesman, mm. essentially. You know, I know that I'm pretty sure the second, the way he got his second building for WeWork is he got drunk with someone, went out, the guy said yes, you know, later the guy tried to back out. He comes like, you can't really back out, you know, you made mm. a deal, you're going to honor the code. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, the fact is that he's, a very likable bo- guy. You want to go out and get drinks with him. You find him interesting. He has so much passion. You know, that's really what I love about founders in general. It's just the passion they have. You know, they're risking their entire livelihood. Like we said, he dropped out of college with four credits left. He's risking everything. Mm. But I mean, look. So being a good salesman, obviously, there's so many pros. Like when you're running a successful business, whether it's like getting new clients or, or helping convince like your C-suite or the board of what you're doing, being a salesman is great. Yeah. Um, but how about when it starts to give you that, 
privilege to build things that might not actually deliver any value. And so I think that's like, let's let's segue to, to talk about the immediate next thing you did, Flow Carbon, right? Yeah, Flow Carbon. So Flow, Flow Carbon is a, a Web3 product, you know, crypto product. You know, it's really the rage now all the days. And essentially what they do is they trade these carbon credits. So you um, companies can use greenhouse gases with these carbon credits. Mm. But using Web3, you know, makes it lower cost, much easier to make these transactions. And A16Z poured this money in, but they had this giant fund. They had like the biggest Web3 fund. So some argue they're just throwing money into everything. You know, anyone, an established founder, he was able to take a startup from, you know, starting, mm-hmm. you know, a very startup to IPO. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he is able to gain reap investments to investors. But it, it was once it became an IPO that everyone understood what he was promising wasn't factual. Mm. So he's founded, he's founded Flow Carbon. Yes. Goes completely under the ra- radar. Yeah, doesn't put his name on the about section. I mean, that's I mean, a little that, that's, that's abs- a little suspect. That's like, absurd, right? It's a suspect. Like, I mean, it, it's not the equivalent, but like, imagine if, uh, like, look, there's the the Jeffrey Dahmer doc right now. Like, yeah. and obviously he's he's no longer alive at this point. But imagine he founded a startup and he's not in the about page. It's like, dude, well, this this person's like, <laughs> no one wants to use this yeah, product no, now. No one yeah. no one want to use that product. Um, so so this goes completely under the radar and. It has kind of segued into what is now Anderson Horowitz or A16Z, like we talked about before. Their largest investment they have ever made in a founder of $350 million in Adam Newman's now third um, WeWork, then Flow Carbon. Now Flow. Now Flow. So Flow is his third product. So Explain Flow a little bit. So let, let, let's just like avoid the confusion a little bit. So there's Flow Carbon. That was this uh, Web3. The second one. Yeah, Web3 carbon, carbonized, or carbon tokenized right. product, excuse me. Uh, and now there's Flow. And Float is a kind of a similar version of what WeWork was doing. Um, essentially, there's very limited information on what they're doing, but it should allow people who use the product to gain some type of equity in real estate investments. Yeah. Um, again, there's very, very limited information. So I, it's I, like you kind of get to own the building that you're living in, consider it. Mm-hmm. You know, in its like most simplistic terms. Mm-hmm. And the, do you know if it slices up commercial and residential real estate into like little portions that you can own? For yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you own, like if you live there, like you own the building itself. Like, okay. okay. You might not own, like you don't own like one unit, right? You own like a fraction, maybe you own like a fraction of like said unit, said building. Okay. Interesting. And, and obviously, right, um, Anderson Horowitz, right, they put $350 million into this company. Um they have a history of being super pro repeat founder. And now what a repeat founder is, just some more like technical terms, all that is is someone, it feels kind of self-evident, who has founded more than one uh, venture and more than one startup. And there's actually a lot of like really, really interesting data on repeat founders. Um, There was a study in 2006. I I, got to pull it up. Uh, There's a study in 2006 from professors at Stanford and MIT on repeat founders and their success. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up. It's on my computer right here. So it says that, um, and this was in 2006. I'll give you some data. 2006, um, there were 18,900 companies. So basically 19,000 companies founded by first time founders. Mm -hmm. So imagine like you've never founded a company before. You found a startup, you go into that uh, 19,000. In that 19,000 number, right? Um, 0.6% of companies, 0.6% went through a funding round. So a funding okay. round is, uh, you're you, getting some venture, money. right? You're getting some venture money. Someone is throwing money at you. They're, you know, trusting you. Right. Exactly. So 0.6% of that number. Okay. So that's very, very little. That's probably around, uh, I think it's like a hundred of those, of those 19,000 yeah. uh, or 190 basically consulting math, a little Good bit, a little bit less. Uh, and then of that. 
um, 4% had an exit. And an exit is a fancy VC word for your company's getting bought out, you're selling your company. And so if you're a VC investor and you're investing in a company, your goal is an exit, right? Exactly. You want someone to buy the company you've invested That's in. That's how you're recouping the money you put in for an excellent amount return. Exactly, right? And so that's just for first-time founders. Now, this is where the data gets crazy, okay? Yeah, yeah. So The data gets crazy when you look at people who founded two or three companies before. Like Adam Newman. Like Adam Newman. So Adam yeah. Newman has founded three companies, okay? Got it. Um, three, three major venture-funded companies. I'm sure he's had other, other mm. small things before. 2006, same year. People who founded three companies was only 420 people. So that's opposed to, the, to 19,000 yeah. companies with first-time founders. Of that, um, an average of 1% were, uh, were founded, right? That's, so yeah. that's double the number before. 10% had an exit. Wow. So, so that is, that's three times the number uh, from before. And the percent with a big exit, which is at least $10 million, is 3%. Which is, that's, which is that's a lot of money. Yeah, which, which is a crazy. Huge percent. There are angel investors out there. An angel investor, another technical term, is someone who just makes like a one-off investment. They're not an accredited investor. Um, and it could be like into it's usually into very very like early stages of startup. Definitely mm. like not generating any revenue. Maybe one or two employees. You might just be an idea. Yeah, like a lot of people have. You may have heard of um, Peter Thiel. He was like Facebook's angel investor. And so when Mark Zuckerberg was first starting yeah. out and like. 2007 or whatever, Peter Thiel just gave them like $100,000, just like a random guy, right? So yeah. th think of it like that. Um, let's say you're an angel investor and you give someone $10,000 and then they make a big exit for $10 million. Like that, substantial. Right. That So, and I think in a weird way, like Anderson Horowitz is that sole angel that's just supporting yeah. Newman through all this right now. You think so? He, he, they're the sole angel that support. They're supporting him in a big way with $350 million. Well, I think it's a terrible look if you're, like, unless you have a really strong thesis on why their new company is great. And by the way, I, like, I'm sure Anderson Horowitz has that. They're not disclosing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure he had a great pitch. They, like, really see the future, you know, COVID, the housing market. You know, a lot of residences are going to be commercially bought, they say, in the future. More like entities buying, mm -hmm. you know, housing rather than, you know, a person going out. You know, there's some predictions out there. But this is slightly different than that. Like, but here's the thing. It's like, Anderson Horowitz has always prided themselves, and this is a little bit more background on them. Yeah, yeah. Because they've always prided themselves on um, on repeat founders. I, I talked about this a little bit before. Anderson Horowitz used to have a policy that you couldn't work there unless you'd founded something yourself. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'll... That's I'll, cool. We'll put in the comments, um, one of Ben Horowitz's books that I used to read talks all about it. Like, okay, they would cool. let you in the door for an interview if you haven't walked the walk, right? Wow. Okay. And so I think... That's big. And, and they've changed it since um, because now like, a lot of VC firms... They take... Yeah, I think they, they take, like, two analysts. I heard, like, they took, like, two analysts, I think. Yeah. And, like, which is crazy. But they're shifting. But I think the, the underlying point there is, like, they want to know that you can walk the walk. And if they are, they're uber aware. They've seen the videos. They've publicly written about how they don't, how do they don't like the yeah. We Crash documentary. Like... They're, they're aware of the reputation this dude has, and they're putting more money that they put into his original failed company into his yeah. new thing. So do you think that's like there's a sense of like privilege there that he's like, him he's allowed to go out there and get through A lot of people think he's not allowed to go out there. He doesn't get this second chance. What do, do you think? think? I don't know. I think he's a. Does he get a second chance? I think everyone deserves a second chance. Him particularly, scamming people, losing money. You know. I don't think he doesn't have malicious intent, you know? Mm. I think there's a difference between having, like Elizabeth Holmes, there's a malicious intent. She was knowingly, like, fraudulent in her actions, but Adam Newman, he truly believed, he might have been delusional, and his delusion, him being delusional is what caused people to lose money, but 
he still was able to bring this idea all the way to this, you know, making it onto our podcast, talking about a failed company to once again making $350 million in venture capital funding. Mm. So I do think he should get a second chance. However, I don't think it should be from a prominent firm like um, A16Z. You know, I think he should be funding himself, backing himself, for instance. Like, if this started becoming just as big, then I can see ventures coming in. But, you know, a Series A, like, seed, I don't really see how it's justifiable mm, mm. that he got this amount of venture capital funding when there's so many startup ideas out there. I mean, yeah, dude, I, I agree. Like, their fund is not that big. Like, that's a substantial amount for any fund. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there are only so many funds in the United States. And a fund, by the way, is just the money that a, that a venture capital firm collects from their other investors that then they give to startups to return it to their investors, right? Yeah. Um, there are only so many funds that have a yeah. billion dollars. There's barely, maybe like, I don't know. Like, when you, when you hear, by the way, so the, like... There's probably like 20 super massive VCs in the United States. Exactly. And you'll hear every couple of months like, oh, Anderson Horowitz has raised their new fund worth $2 billion or $1 billion. That's a lot of money. They just invested $350 million in one company. Yeah. That's a third. One guy. Not even a company. One guy. One guy. He doesn't even have like a, he's not even fully built out or established in any means. I think, look, I, I completely agree with your point, And I think that he unknowingly failed his company. Right, like yeah. he made poor managerial decisions that led to the death of his company. He was delusional. He really thought he always accredited it'd be the next Facebook. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to be like the next Mark Zuckerberg. But he wanted the, to change society. You're absolutely right. But the difference there is that Elizabeth Holmes knowingly was making wrong decisions. Exactly. The he product he uh, wasn't anything. Yeah. People were using WeWork. So I mean, look, it. I, I don't necessarily like. I think there's undoubtedly a great deal of privilege in him being a repeat founder as like this white dude who like has made yeah. very strong connects in the industry. Who's like super rich. His wife is the cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, yeah. There's like undoubtedly privilege, exactly. but do I think that m- means that he shouldn't get the investment? He doesn't deserve a second chance. I don't think so. I think it really heavily depends like how flow carbon is doing. You know, the one like he got, you know, a 16 Z like maybe that company is flourishing really like changing the game. And mm. like that would justify this investment so much. It's mm. like, it's not just going from a failure to let's give him a second chance. It's like, okay, let's go to a guy that, you know, has tr- already made some changes, has mm. already, you know, found his way back to be successful. He's proven, if he's can prove himself to success twice mm. in terms of startups, not actually IPO, then I think it's a justifiable investment. But, you know, from my public view, I don't, I can't see, ex- see inside their models. I don't know exactly the pitch he gave them and like what they see this becoming, but I just don't think so right now. I agree. Who are we going to have talking about this with us next week? So next week, we're going to have um, Yasmina come on. She's a founder herself. So we're going to get her thoughts on really founders um, scaling businesses, but also from the venture capitalist perspective as well. You guys got a treat. She's going to be sick. Yeah, we're really excited. We're going to post it on Halloween, hopefully. So we have another little surprise for you guys then. (laughs) Um, Good stuff. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. This was Uninvested. Thank you.